TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Welcome into yet another edition of the undefeated Score North Gophers show. We'll steal a line from the twin show that we have here at Score North. The undefeated Score North Gophers show. With me as always, by the way, I am James Murphy running the ship here at the uh, from the Score North studios. Joining me via telephone as always is going to be Daniel House. He was he was at the uh, the Gophers uh, 42-17 victory over the Fighting Illini. And Daniel, what was the number one takeaway that you noticed from uh, from the fifth victory in the Gophers 2019 slate? Hey, it was the rushing attack. The Gophers showed that they can win in a, di- a variety of different ways. They're multidimensional. At Purdue, all about the passing attack. Just killing Purdue with the RPO slants. This week, they used the running game, and Rodney Smith was dynamic. Shannon Brooks complimented him well. They used a nice blend of inside and outside zone. I love the outside zone concepts that they use because it allows Rodney and Shannon to use the vision and patience that they have. And they ran so hard. The tight ends blocked extremely well. I thought the execution across the board up front was just awesome. And then defensively, they did a nice job of stopping Reggie Corbin, and that was a big key coming in. They were 31st in offensive explosiveness through the ground game. So the scheme was clearly orchestrated to take that away. And I think, you know, what what might have led them to attack via the ground game more was the emergence this week of Shannon Brooks. You we really didn't see too much of him last week in his his uh his Big 10 opener against Purdue, but this week he was a lot more involved in the run game. He looked like his old self again, Daniel. He he was really strong-looking runs and um you know, the Illinois didn't really have an answer for him or or especially Rodney Smith in the first half when he uh he was looking to really take over that game. I just think Shannon looks amped to be back. You look at some of those runs, there was maybe two or three where he was a shoestring tackle away from breaking one, and he gets up and he just slams his hand down on the ground mm-hmm. or just gets visibly frustrated because he runs so hard and wants to crack that home run. I liked what I saw from his patience and vision on a couple of the runs. That 21-yard TD, that was some nice vision uh, to cut that back. You had the outside zone going easy just found the crease and and made it in the end zone. You look at what the running backs did. They were fantastic with yards after contact. Rodney was fighting through making first defenders miss out in space. They did a nice job of making sure that they had those opportunities to get him one-on-one against a defensive back where he had to make a move, and Shannon was the same way. So when you have this dynamic two-headed monster attack in the backfield with two different players that have uh, styles that complement each other, that's a great thing because now you look at what happened in that game. Illinois, they played, they're a cover two heavy team. They're going to play two deep safeties quite a bit. They're not going to let you beat them with a pass. They gave Rashad Bateman a ton of attention uh, with the safety for quite a while in that game, but then you had to move a defender down in the box to try to help the run, and mm-hmm. then the Gophers opened it up with the passing game in the second half because those play fakes, the strong safety was biting hard, the linebackers were pulling up. That's the beauty of having a strong running game and a dynamic passing attack because when you find that balance, it's really tough to defend. 
and we really were able to see for one, maybe one of the first times this year, a, a lot of useful play action in the Gopher offense. You know, I, I look at that, especially that pass to Rashad Bateman. You had the safety, I believe, was down in the box uh, protecting against the run, and so it was one-on-one with the cornerback on that on the on the deep pass, and the cornerback just bit so hard on the play action that if if Tanner Morgan actually delivers that ball in stride, that's that's six points. But it was a it was a heck of a play by Bateman to to kind of wait up for that ball, and then he took it into his own hands to uh, to be masterful after the catch and and really get the Gophers into a good scoring position on that play. It's amazing how all the defensive coordinators scheme to take away Bateman now because they see he's just so dynamic after the catch that if you give him space to work, he will make you pay because you do not want to get one-on-one with Rashad Bateman in the open field because it's over. You see what that guy can do. He's the whole package. I mean, he just he can either – get open off a strong route, or he'll exploit a coverage. He'll read the defense. he get the right leverage. Get open. I love the mix of wide receivers they have. Chris Ottman-Bell doesn't get enough credit because that, a really that good route game. in the red zone, reading the leverage of the DB and keeping his shoulders square, popping off the, the slant in the red zone with that fantastic footwork. He has the best hands on the team. And if he was on a team that didn't have this much wide receiver talent, he would be a primary option for a lot of teams. So you look at the three different receivers, you have three top ones that you can go to, and that's huge because coordinators have to scheme you in a variety of different ways and decide who they're going to take away. And then when you're running the ball so well, that opens everything up and creates mismatches all over the field. Yeah, a little adversity right out of the gates is you have a uh, a pick six thrown by by Tanner Morgan, and you know I I think um, if if they didn't trust him so much to run to run the offense, a lot of coaches might have might have scrapped that game plan right away and and just completely gone with the run. And the Gophers did go run heavy after that, but they weren't afraid to put it back in Tanner's hands to make some big plays, which were which were needed in this game. Um, and and they didn't they didn't just uh, they didn't just shy away from trusting the young sophomore quarterback. And and that I I thought was a big. Um, uh, definitely something to look at and, and a big a big uh, uh, feather in the cap for Tanner Morgan. Yeah, it was the way he bounced back because you look at some of the throws early, the one pick, I'm not sure exactly where he wanted to even go with the ball, the defensive tackle stunned to the outside on the edge, and then you saw what happened in the back end. He didn't even see the safety. Bateman was double covered. The tight end, the ball went to the left side of the tight end. He couldn't even plan. He was throwing off his back foot. But the thing about Tanner Morgan is he doesn't let those types of moments dictate the rest of the game. Like, he'll come back and, and make the throws that you need him to. And they, they knew that if they ran the ball, they were going to be successful because they had favorable box matchups for a lot of those runs early in the game, six, seven man fronts that they were able to run into. Then when they even put eight men in the box, able to run the ball effectively and then when that happened you were able to open it up in the passing game because if you commit too many defenders to the run you're going to create man-to-man mismatches on the outside so that's why you when this offensive line clicks and you see them picking up stunts better do an effective job of finishing blocks getting to the second level the schemes complementing the players up front that helps open up the entire offense and gives Tanner Morgan more options uh, than he's had in, in past games. 
Exactly. And, you know, the what, what I definitely want to touch on as well, Daniel, is what, what we've done through the first, you know, four weeks of the season is really complement the offense. It, it's been a complete a complete 180 from what we're used to as Gopher fans with really being able to open up with these, these playmaking receivers on the outside. But what I really want to give a credit to in this game was the improvements they made defensively. You know, I, I, a week ago against Purdue – we, we saw a lot of sloppy tackling, and that was kind of the story for, for the Gopher defense. What did you see um, that, they, that they did to really sure up that as well as just, just a much better played game at home against Illinois? Well, you think about last year, okay? You go down to Illinois and watch Reggie Corbin just run all over that Gophers defense. Run fits were terrible. They just totally exploited everything that Minnesota was doing defensively. Now you saw this year what they could do with better personnel. They played a lot more man coverage on the outside, which allowed people around the box to have more freedom to defend the run more adequately. They were able to push runs outside, uh, push runs back inside and be able to edge contain much better. And then that helped all the run fits. Everybody was able to focus on the run. So by having the corners that can cover man-to-man on the outside, that was something they didn't have last year. It helped everything because this defense, it's clear they focused on a few things. Sweet edge contain, trying to force those runs back inside. They also did a really nice job of swarming to the football and tackling and just staying in run fits. Kamal Martin had a monster game. He's been playing extremely well. Two forced fumbles in this last game and he's starting to ease back from injuries. So what you're seeing is the defense made adjustments. They have the personnel to be successful. Benjamin St. Just has been huge as a, as a guy coming in and starting at cornerback for Keandre Thomas. The defense has the right personnel, and you're starting to see some of those younger guys with less experience in the defensive line improving, and that's helping the entire defense. And Joe Rossi, hats off to him analytically that was one of the best defensive performances the Gophers have had in a long time dating back to the Purdue game last year and then prior to that the non-conference game uh, early in the season against New Mexico State so this defensive performance by far is one of the best ones of the uh, Joe Rossi era he's had two uh, since he took over as defensive coordinator already and what did we say last week, Daniel? We said, we want a game where you put everything together, and that's exactly what they did. That was the first time all year where you were seemingly clicking uh, everywhere, and, and it was it was fun to see that as, as, a, as someone who, fought, who has followed this team. And, you know, that you've, you've, seen, you've seen that if they can just put everything together, this team can be pretty good, and they really showed that on Saturday. Yeah, that's the thing, and they still had some mistakes where the offense – you know, commits two turnovers that lead to points. And if they can eliminate that, the margin would have been even wider. The mm-hmm. defense didn't even allow them into the end zone all day. So you're starting to see glimpses of that complete football. They can play multidimensionally on offense. They have the personnel to make tweaks on defense. The secondary is much improved, so that helps the things that they can do in the front seven. And now what happens when – you see complimentary football in all three phases, no mistakes, air-free games. There's a lot of flexibility down the stretch because they've been pretty basic from a scheme standpoint through the first four games. They implemented a little bit more this week. They've slowly been installing different wrinkles, and now let's see what happens as they play some opponents where they can gain some separation. And in a Big Ten West race where 
it's going to be competitive down the stretch, probably between Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. And so let's let's actually uh, piggyback off that and just take a look around the Big Ten uh, as of last week, really quick here. Let me start with just kind of the no surprise games that we that we had last uh, last week. So Wisconsin, obviously, they they roll uh, over Kent uh, Kent State. You have Penn State uh, beat Purdue thirty five to seven, and then finally Ohio State in the nightcap. They did they did take care of business at home against Michigan State. Anything of note with those three games? I mean, maybe maybe just mostly looking at that Ohio State victory. Well, Ohio State, you just see how explosive they are at all levels of their defense. The whole offense has playmakers everywhere. Victor's a stud receiver. Justin Fields, absolutely dynamic. That team, they're going to run away with the East. I don't see anybody even coming close to competing with them. And the analytics love Wisconsin, James. They, they really, really support the play that they've been having in terms of complementary football efficiency in all three Uh, phases of the game the running game's been superb Jonathan Taylor's been more versatile than ever they feel like the team to beat however I think the key is someone down the stretch here is going to take away Jonathan Taylor and it's going to force Jack Cohen and those receivers to make plays to win the game and they'll have to lean on their defense a little bit so let's see what happens with Wisconsin uh, in the last few weeks here this season because the, the competition level really raises every single week uh, they, they take the field. Yeah, it starts actually next week. They, they're at home, but they take on Michigan State, a team that might let not let them uh, uh, run all over like, they, like they're used to doing. Uh, I want to touch on Penn State, too. They, like I said, they did defeat Purdue uh, at home 35-7. to How for real do you think Penn State is, especially with them? you, you seeing them on the horizon in, in the Gophers' co- uh, schedule? Well, they have a fast, fast team at all levels. That's the big thing that stands out. They've got playmakers that you put the ball in space and they're going to they're gonna just house big scores, explosive plays. Defensive and secondary is just, I mean, they've got some serious athleticism, guys that can cover the deep half of the field. It gives them a ton of flexibility. They were young defensively last year, and they still were going to be this season. So I was very curious to see how they would progress and if they would take the next step. And obviously they've shown signs of that. And I want to see some of these teams start to play increased competition because you look at the race for the Big Ten East and West, neither one of the teams at the top really have played uh, elite-level competition yet. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to see down the stretch here. Absolutely, and then you had uh, I, I would I would say in probably the game of the week you had it was a low scoring affair Michigan uh, in Ann Arbor to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes they win ten to three another performance by Iowa against a, a credible opponent they they've played two this year they they first they played at Iowa State they they were lucky to win that game I think where um, you know they they were outplayed by Iowa State but uh, Brock Purdy just had had you know a couple turnovers that that really cost the that cost the Cyclones. And then now they go to Michigan and only put up three points against, uh, against the Wolverines. Yeah. The, the, the thing that stood out to me with that game was how Michigan's front really dominated stretches of that game. Nate Stanley was getting hit all day, mm-hmm. facing pressure. He threw three picks. The, the offensive line of Iowa hasn't played up to the level that I anticipated it would. The, that was a defensive battle. The, the fronts went back and forth because the D-lines of both of those teams are definitely strengths. So 
moving forward, you see the potential that you have to really create some takeaways against Iowa, getting Nate Stanley on the move, forcing him into bad decisions, and then having a chance to potentially, you know, play a low-scoring affair against Iowa because their defense provides a lot of opportunities for takeaways, too. So you saw two teams that were really built on playing uh, strong defense and have a lot of weapons that they can deploy in the front seven. Absolutely. And then the the final game I want to look at from last week, and we'll kind of piggyback that into this week's matchup, you had Nebraska struggle to, to get a win over Northwestern at home. And in a game where you had their their quarter their starting quarterback uh, be a little bit injured, you had um, you know them lose Spielman during that game, one of their best playmakers. What do you take away from that Nebraska game, and and what do you what are you kind of looking for as we start to preview uh, the week the, the the week's matchup this week against Nebraska uh, and Minnesota? Well, I don't know if Adrian Martinez is going to be healthy enough to play that game. The way that injury looked, kind of reading between the lines with what Scott Frost said after the game, it feels like he's a really, really questionable to play. And we'll probably know more throughout the week, but if not, sophomore North Federal is going to have to take over. And that changes the game plan. You know, you have Adrian Martinez, who's one of the more dynamic quarterbacks in the country. You can do a lot more things with his legs. The zone read stuff works a lot better you're able to really deploy a lot of strategies that you can't if you don't have him in the game. The big thing for me, James, with Nebraska is their defense allows a lot of explosive plays, both through the the running game and the passing game. You see the opportunity to really scheme up a game where you take advantage of some of the undisciplined mistakes that they make uh, occasionally defensively. So, I'm, I'm curious to see Kirk Shiraka, how he implements a scheme this week in game plan, because this feels like a game where the Gophers could really, really uh, exploit them with some explosive plays off a balanced attack again, because their defense hasn't played up to the level that I anticipated it would, it would at this point. And you mentioned last week, Daniel, that you were a little concerned about them overlooking Illinois. They certainly didn't do that. Um, would you say that as you're kind of as you're as you're approaching that that uh, the the matchup with Penn State is is really the big game um, to look at so far with uh, for the Gophers? Would you say that next week, especially if Martinez plays, that's going to be the game that they really need to look at, where they need to come out and and play and play really well over these next three games um, before that before that Penn State game? Yeah, if they can escape Nebraska, there's a real possibility that they'll be eight zero going into Penn State because they match up extremely well with both Rutgers and Maryland. So you escape with a win over Nebraska, and you're setting yourself up for a very, very, very exciting final stretch of the season where you are in contention to compete not only for the Big Ten West, but for a high bowl game, to have a shot to maybe qualify for a New Year's Day bowl or play in in one that's going to really help the program and get them more in the spotlight from a recruiting standpoint, that's, that's key. Can I get your keys really quick before I wrap up here? What are you going to be looking for in that in that Nebraska game from both the Gopher offense and the Gopher defense uh, before before that game? Well, defensively for the Gophers, it, it, the game plan obviously changes if Spielman and Martinez can't play. Mm-hmm. You look at what that offense is built upon. They they are dynamic. They can beat you with 
quarterback's legs. you got to be very disciplined because they have a dynamic rushing attack. I really, really have been impressed with uh, Wandale Morris. Wandale Robinson, the running back. Rondale Morris, that blends together. Wandale Robinson, <laughs> uh, the freshman running back from Kentucky. He's been one of the big, big, big uh, players in that offense. So they're going to have to try to be disciplined against the run because he's been the heartbeat of that offense over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and then offensively, I would say running the football again is the, the big thing. There's opportunity to do that against Nebraska with the way their front seven has been playing. I look at how that helps fuel the passing attack later in the game and when teams have to commit more to it. You you can really control the keys when you have an offense that can beat you in, in a lot of different ways. So I do like how the Gophers match up with Nebraska because if – they do need to play a shootout they have the horses to keep up and there's also a chance that the 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 defense could play really well and if martinez is out spielman can't play you could really really uh, take control of the game control the time of possession and and roll with a nice victory too daniel i know you do a a post-game write-up at at that you can find at score north Dot com. Can you give the the listeners a little tidbit into into what you had to say following the the win over Illinois? Well, I was really impressed with the game plan defensively. I thought they were disciplined. They schemed well. They swarmed to the ball. Edge contain was fantastic. That those were a few keys coming in. They executed on that. They limited the explosive plays. I thought offensively, the mix of inside and outside zone allowed the running backs to really thrive with the vision that they have and the patience that each of them uh, display at running back. You have to get some more outside zone concepts to allow them to be patient and find creases because offensive line was fantastic at getting to the second level. They were moving well, getting to backers, clearing out lanes and backside creases for the running backs to run. And that tight end Jake Paulson was unbelievable. His blocking was literally one of the single-handedly biggest parts of that rushing game success he was just pancaking people feeling the edge Sam Schluter played really well I liked how they they really played cohesive up front for the first time and they were consistent up there and that's something that you can build off of for sure it's something that we really hadn't noticed until this game. So it was, it was it was good to see them. They actually got some recognition from that uh, from the the Big Ten broadcast, which was always good to see for those big hosses up front. Well, Daniel, I appreciate you joining me here on this on this Monday edition of the Score North Gopher Show. Where can everybody follow you on Twitter again? You can follow me at Daniel House NFL on Twitter. Perfect, and I am at Murph underscore MN. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with you next week. I know Ross will have a midweek show, so keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll be we'll be back to recap the Nebraska game uh, following the game on Saturday. Thank you so much for joining. For Daniel House, I've been James Murphy. Gophers are 5-0. They defeat Illinois 40-17, and we'll see you next week.